Let us pray. And the children of Israel repented them for Benjamin their brother, and said, This is one tribe cut off from Israel this day. Judges 21.6 Today, Lord, I realize that through the reading of Judges 20 and 21, I can now see that sometimes you allow battles and fights in my life to serve as realignment for my focus and as recentering for my devotion. With this truth, as I go into my battles, help me to realize that you are my strength. Help me to realize that you've always been my shield. And I ask that you forgive me for relying on anything else other than your power and your glory to bring me through the tough times. Like the children of Israel banded together as one, I thank you that you are assembling an army on my behalf to help right the wrongs of the enemy. I decree and declare that even though the battle may seem lost, I will double down, strengthen my resolve, and declare victory over my enemies until I see the manifestation of your promised ending. I stand in awe of your faithfulness towards me, because even in my worst, you still pursue me with outstretched arms and a glorious future for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with us today. Continue your time with God by listening to today's Bible story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Obliteration of Benjamin In our last story, we learned about the downward spiral of Israel. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes, paying no attention to God's law or example. Some men from the tribe of Benjamin brutally raped the concubine of Levite. As a message to the people of Israel, the Levite tore his concubine into pieces and spread her limbs to all the twelve tribes of Israel. The message was received loud and clear. Now we see the rest of Israel take note. They rise up against the Benjamites and a civil war breaks the backbone of God's people, inspired by the book of Judges. Hello, I'm Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in the Dallas, Texas area with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In yesterday's episode, we heard the terrible story of Levite and his concubine, how his callous, sinful heart and careless ways led to the brutal rape and ultimate death of his concubine, seeking to gather people across Israel to execute judgment on the perpetrators in Gibeah. The Levite sent her body parts out across the land to all 12 tribes. Today, we'll hear the story of how the people responded to his call for action. And we'll see how the retaliation against Benjamin led to a civil war in Israel, who will now war within itself, straying further and further away from God's plan for his people. There will be no winners in this war just a broken nation that desperately needs salvation from their own sinful behavior. Let's listen now to today's reading. The limbs of the Levites' concubines swung in front of all twelve tribes. They looked both disgusted 
and terrified at the sight. The Levite's story of what happened that night spread like weeds. Every chief listened as they were told of the men of Benjamin raping and murdering the woman in place of the Levite man. Upon hearing the news, a strange resolve came upon each tribe. It was almost as if they were realizing just how far Israel had fallen from the will of God. All the people of Israel assembled together as one nation. Four hundred thousand able-bodied men with swords gathered at Mizpah to hear the Levite's story and seek the counsel of God. The tribe of Benjamin heard of their gathering, but decided to remain home. The leaders brought the Levite out in the open to share his story. There the Levite spoke of his travels and how the men of Benjamin sought to rape him, but instead brutalized his concubine and left her for dead. All the people spoke as one man, saying, Benjamin shall not go unpunished. We will take the men who have done this and go up against them. So the eleven tribes finally united as one nation to rise up against the tribe of Benjamin. Together they made provisions and prepared for war, they marched towards Gibeah and camped at its outskirts. The next day, the tribe sent men into the city to speak with the leaders. They spoke together, saying, What has possessed you as a tribe? Give up the men who killed the woman so we can purge Israel of this evil. The Benjamites refused. Corruption had made its way into the innermost parts of their collective heart. They knew no sense of nobility, no mercy, no remorse. All they knew was that Israel wanted to take away the freedom for them to commit evil. The disdain of Cain seeped its way into their minds. They raised an army to fight against their brothers. Twenty-six thousand Benjamites drew their swords and stormed the valley of Gibeah. Among the men were seven hundred mighty Gibeonite warriors. Their swings were fast and their aim was impeccable. They could sling a stone at a hare and aim true. The people of Israel rose from camp to Bethel. There they met with God as Abraham did years before them. With Benjamin approaching fast, the Israelites inquired of God, saying, Who shall lead the charge first against Benjamin? This was the first time Israel had reached out to the Lord in years. Their prayers were like rusted metal left alone for years to collect dust. Yet God heard their prayers like a sweet aroma. God did not delay in responding to them. Send Judah first, God commanded. So the tribe of Judah arose and ascended towards the battlefield. Tribe clashed with tribe, brothers clashed with brothers, and the blood of Benjamin and Judah painted the grass below them. The Benjamites overpowered Judah and struck them down with a colossal force. Twenty-two thousand men fell that day, and the tribe of Benjamin puffed its chest in victory. Yet courage did not leave the people of Israel. They stood before God again, determined to reinstate him as their commander and king. They wept before God and asked if they should rise up again against Benjamin. Go up again, God said boldly. So again, they formed a battle line in the same field. The Benjamites raged towards them like a pack of wild wolves. Israel planted their feet firmly in the ground and raised their shields. Benjamin leapt towards them with swords and spears. Israel crumbled before them. Eighteen thousand men were torn limb from limb under the brutal claws of Benjamin. 
Again the people of Israel limped their way up the mountain towards Bethel. There they fell before God and sacrificed to him. They fasted, prayed, and wept. Defeat had snapped them out of their apathetic days. On that mountain, the children of Israel communed with their Lord. A sweet intimacy could be felt among them as they raised their voices to their king. There they asked God again, Shall we go up against Benjamin? The Lord spoke again, this time promising them victory, saying, Go up against Benjamin, and I shall give them into your hand. The men of Israel sent thirty men to clear the roads surrounding Gibeah. There they slew the men who kept guard over the roads. Then they hid in waiting, ready to ambush Benjamin when they crossed to the valley. At the end of the road, ten thousand men waited for war. When the time came, the armies of Benjamin marched up towards Israel on the roads. There they were met with an Israelite onslaught. The battle was bloodier and more terrifying than any battle they had experienced before. Men tumbled in the dirt, strangling the life out of their kinsmen. Swords flew through the air like spears, and blood caked the dirt road. The Benjamites outnumbered the Israelites two to one, yet they could not fathom why they were losing. But the people of Israel knew. The commander of heaven and earth had gone before them. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob rose his fist against the tribe of Benjamin. The God that crushed the Egyptians and parted the seas had returned to bring justice and peace once again. The Israelite army gave some ground to Benjamin to lure them into a false confidence. While this was happening, the men waiting on the road rushed towards the city of Gibeah to burn it to the ground. Just as the Benjamites were gaining momentum, they turned to see their city up in flames. Their spirits broke, and they tucked their tails and ran into the wilderness. The tribe of Benjamin spread across the land, splitting up to escape Israel. Eighteen thousand Benjamites fell in the wilderness. Five thousand were slashed on the highways. Two thousand of them were captured and killed in the town of Gidom. A total of 25,000 men bowed under the righteous sword of the Almighty God. All of Benjamin was utterly destroyed under sword and flame. There were no festivals of victory. There were no feasts or music celebrating the warriors. No, there was only sadness. A tribe of Israel had been obliterated for their wickedness. In actuality, it was a wickedness they themselves were not too far from committing. The men and women of Israel went back to Bethel and sat there until evening before God. They wept and mourned their fallen brothers. Why has this happened? they asked God. Today there is a tribe missing in Israel. The people rose up early that next morning to offer sacrifices to God. Yet the tribe of Benjamin was not totally lost. There still remained a few survivors from the armies of Benjamin. God sought to restore them and bring the tribe back into the family of Israel. God spoke clearly, saying, There was one family of Israel that did not fight alongside you. The people of Jabesh-Gilead abandoned Israel in their greatest hour of need. Go up against them and slay them. Then you shall give the virgin daughters of that family to the survivors of Benjamin." So Israel enacted vengeance on Jabesh-Gilead for their betrayal and abandonment. Then, four hundred of the young women in that tribe were married to the young men of Benjamin. Together, the young men and women rebuilt Gilead and restored the tribe of Benjamin. 
They had returned to God when all hope seemed to be crumbling before them, and God saved them once again. Yet the story of disobedience and lawlessness does not end yet. The people of Israel lived without a king to rule them or a god to worship. They did what was right in their own eyes and walked the line between good and evil. Yet the Lord follows them, seeking to restore them to himself and protect them from danger. For God made a covenant with them, and although they broke their promises time and time again, the Lord would never fail. We begin today's reading as all the tribes of Israel are coming together in response to the message sent by the Levite, all except Benjamin. Even though they had strayed far from God, the sight of the dismembered woman's body part was too much for Israel to overlook. Something had to be done. Justice had to be accomplished. The Levite recounts to them the story of the horrors he was met with in Gibeah and how the men of the town brutalized his concubine and left her dead. Missing from his description is his own culpability and how he had sacrificed this woman for his own safety. The 11 tribes resolved that the men who did this must be brought to justice. But when they sent a delegation down to Gibeah, the Benjaminites refused to hand them over. Rather than gather up the guilty, they gathered up an army. This, of course, gets very ugly. And so the people of Israel approached God seeking his guidance. This was no small step. For so long, they had cared very little for what God had to say, and this horrific act had turned them back to him, hopefully. God told them to fight against Benjamin. Judah was the first tribe to go up against them, and they suffered a crushing defeat. The army of Benjamin was strong and intent on winning. Evil, though it will never win in the end, will sometimes prevail momentarily. Israel was not deterred, and weeping, they went to God. He told them to strike again. This time, another 18,000 of Israel's men fell to Benjamin. Now they not only wept, but fasted and prayed to God and offered offerings to the Lord. It was a closeness that God had not experienced with his children in many years. God responds in Judges 20, 28 with these words, Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand. Emboldened, they fought again, this time winning a fight that they should have lost. It was not in their own strength they returned. It was because of God's favor and protection and power. Now, there are two very important lessons here. First, just because God says go does not guarantee victory. Twice he told them to fight, and yet they lost. Was God breaking a promise, not making good on his word? Not at all. He never promised victory. He only told them to go and obey him. Secondly, when God does make a promise, he will always deliver in his own way and in his own time. Notice when God spoke to them a third time, he told them to go and they would win. And they did because God said so. The tribe of Benjamin was all but wiped out, but God still had a purpose for them. And he heard the cries of their remnant. The men of Benjamin needed wives to marry, so God delivered them to the town of Jabesh-Gilead, who had failed to join Israel in their pursuit of justice and fight against Benjamin. The men were slaughtered, and the daughters were given in marriage to Benjamin. At the end of the day, there are no real winners here. 
And though justice was served and Israel returned for a moment to God, their sinful and rebellious ways were far from over. The cycle would begin again. Disobedience, discipline, disaster. But through it all, God remained watchful as a concerned parent waiting for the time to rescue his people. Dear God, thank you for your word and the promise of your enduring eternal faithfulness to Israel and to all your people. May God help us always to obey you and boldly follow you no matter what. Help us to trust in you at all times, no matter what happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham of Dallas, Texas, and you can download the Pray.com app and make prayer the priority of your life. It is our prayer that you would know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Jesus and knowing him is the key to understanding the Bible. Jesus is on every page in the pathway of Scripture. So I pray that you would know him and look to him for eternal life. As we see all of these stories, some of them very sordid, we realize just how desperately we all need the Lord. So invite Christ into your life and receive him as your Lord and Savior. I would also encourage you to download the Pray.com app and let others know about this podcast. And if you want more resources on how to know God and experience His presence in your life, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024.